Well, welcome to our series, Six Steps to Loving Your Church. Uh, and we're very excited about this series. It's going to be fun, but also we are going to learn and grow. Uh, so let me encourage you that if you're not in a connect group, uh, now is a great time to join a connect group for the purposes of the course. Six weeks. Uh, and uh, even the most elite of our connect groups will take you in for six weeks for this course. Just saying. <laughs> oh dear. Friends, let us pray before we look at God's word. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you for your goodness to us in the Lord Jesus. That you have saved us through faith in his son and his death on the cross for us. And we pray that as you have gathered us together as your people, that we would think again and ponder again about meeting together as God's people, as your church. And we pray that as we reflect on the scriptures and think about that issue, that you would give us great wisdom and guidance, that we may live together as you have designed, to the glory of your name. Amen. Well, most of us don't think too much about walking into church. Uh, we get out of our car or off our motorbike, we walk to the door, and we walk in. Now, for some of us, the steps are a challenge, and for others, the ramp is a necessity. But even then, it doesn't require too much thought. Once we're a regular attender at any church, then we just go into church the way we normally go into church. Whether that's the stairs or the ramp or through the back door. Of course, some of us are slowly walking into church because we're chatting to all our friends on the way. I've noticed some people take almost 30 minutes to walk into church. It's fabulous. Some of us are rushing into church in order to do this job or that task. And they are much speedier. But still others are walking in with trepidation, wondering if anyone will talk to us. And sometimes that's because we want someone to talk to us. And sometimes that's because we don't want someone to talk to us. That would be scary. And others still are slinking into church. Late. And sliding into a seat, hoping that as few people as possible notice just how late we are. And can I tell you that when you're the minister, it's extra embarrassing. But I would contend that all of these things, although understandable, are not sufficient in and of themselves. For as Christians, we ought to be walking into church with attitude. Attitude, you say? What attitude? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's go to our passage in 1 Corinthians 13. 
If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. This is the start of one of the most famous passages in the whole Bible, as it's often read at weddings. But its context isn't marriage at all. I was very pleased when our sister Isabel read the little bit before chapter 13 to give it its context. You see, just before this, Paul has been speaking all the way through chapter 12 of the different gifts that people use in church. He has mentioned that each person has their role to play in the gathering of God's people. Each one has gifts they can use. And now he talks about how they use those gifts. And his advice isn't techniques or skills, the latest book that's come out from the United States or anything like that. It is attitude or motive that Paul brings to the attention of the Christians in Corinth and to us. The attitude or motive he wants for us as Christians when we gather together is to have love for each other. We are to show love for others in our gatherings. Now when we hear love, we might think, particularly because this is a wedding passage, that this is about finding the perfect match when we're single. But friends, that's not what this is about. If you're after that, you should be looking at Song of Songs, which is a good book to read, but it's not 1 Corinthians. The love he's talking about is how we treat everyone. Love means acting in the best interests of everyone, of others. It's about thinking of others instead of just about ourselves. And so, friends, that means that when we walk into church, we ought to be thinking about others and not about ourselves. It means that the very act of going to church is about others as well as ourselves. That is, we don't just come to church because we like the minister or our friends are there, or the music's awesome, or, well, we could say anything there, couldn't we? That our preferences are there. Now, there's nothing wrong with coming to church for any of those things. They're actually good things, aren't they? But we also come to church for others. Because we love each other and we want to bless each other. And that is actually a liberating thing. 
You see, sometimes church, and you may have find this hard to believe, church isn't always fantastic. And sometimes we can sit in the pews or drive or walk home later thinking, I didn't get much out of that. Why did I even bother? It can happen when the kids are ratty and we spend our whole time dealing with them rather than hearing the sermon or chatting to our friends. It can happen when we turn up but our friends aren't there and we feel all alone. It can happen when the service style or the music or the sermon grates on us rather than inspires us that week. Friends, at those times, it's good to remind ourselves that we come to church for others. And so if we can be a blessing in any way to someone else whilst we're here, then it's all worthwhile. Hasn't been a waste of time at all. And that's liberating. Because church then doesn't become all about what having my needs met. And I can enjoy being at church for the blessing that I'm giving to others. As Hebrews 10.25 says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but continue meeting and encouraging one another. It's never a waste of time being at church when our presence, just our presence alone, encourages others. And then there's our words and our actions that can also encourage others. But even just by being here, we can encourage each other. How good is that? I don't know if you realise just what an impact that you have on everyone else here. That's wonderful, isn't it? It's never a waste of time being at church when our presence and our words and our actions can encourage another person to trust Jesus more or sometimes to just keep trusting Jesus in the maelstrom of life. Friends, I hope that this concept changes why you come to church. And it gives you one more reason to be here. Especially when it's hard to be here. Your very presence and your words and actions will be a great encouragement to others. Friends, we don't just come to church for ourselves. We see here in the scriptures that we come to church for each other.
And as the next verses show, it also changes how we act towards each other when we're here. Have a look in the next few verses. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Here we see love in action. This is what love for others at church looks like in practice. It looks like patience. You know, with that brother that's a bit, you know, unlovable at times. I made a point of not looking at anyone at that point in time. You notice? You're my witnesses? Or kindness. By seeing someone who's hurting and checking out and seeing if they're okay. Or by noticing that person that everyone else seems to have not noticed. And going and talking to them. Actions that are intended to bless others. And we could keep going through that list, couldn't we? And you might notice as you look through that list that it's about taking the focus off oneself and seeking the good of others. And friends, isn't church better when we remember this? So many times when things go wrong in churches, you wonder if reading this passage might help. Because often we've forgotten. And I'm convinced that most of us know this deep down already. And we just can forget it in, from time to time. And sometimes that's because we're hurt. And someone has wronged us and we lose perspective. Our focus narrows to that hurt. And all we can do is think about that hurt. We are keeping a record of wrongs. Even if it's a wrong of one thing. And sometimes we drift into selfishness. And thinking exclusively of ourselves and what we want. Or what our friends want. Whatever the reason, acting in love is something that we, for some reason, have to concentrate on and focus on. And friends, it's not because we're particularly sinful and everyone that came before us was angelic. If it was easy and natural and just happened that we loved each other like this, then Paul would never have had to written these words, would he? This was obviously a problem back in Corinth all those years ago. We're not alone. 
And so it's something that we have to concentrate and focus on and remember that we come to church to love others and are seeking their good and their benefits. And so, friends, when we come to church, it's great to be thinking about loving others. Asking ourselves, as we get up in the morning, I wonder who God is going to put in front of me this morning that I can show love to, that I can be a blessing to. And then when we get here, actively blessing other people. Now, friends, that's all quite a mind shift, isn't it? It's a long, long way from consumer Christianity where I go to church that works for me and fulfills my needs and I'm blessed. Instead, we go to church to be a blessing as well as to be blessed. Nothing wrong with being blessed. It's a good thing to be blessed when we come to church. And we often are, aren't we? And yet, it's not the only thing that we're here for. You see, love for each other changes why we're here. And it changes how we act whilst we are here. Love in action will revolutionise our attitude to church. Friends, I'm really glad that you walked into church this morning. It's good to see you, each and every one of you. And I'm blessed just by seeing you, let alone the interactions we're going to have after church. And the ministry that's going to happen inside the service. And let me say, I'm not the only one. So are others. So thank you for being here. But let me encourage you to keep showing up. For today we've found in God's word another reason to be in church regularly. Love for others is another driver on being here. And it's a great reason to push ourselves to be here when we're wavering. You know, those Sundays where we could come to church, but it's just a bit hard. Now, sometimes we will be sick, or the kids will be sick, or the grandkids will be sick, or we have to work, or there's that important family engagement that we can't actually miss without offending the entire family for the rest of their lives. I see a few people nodding and saying, yeah, I remember those ones. So this is not to feel guilty about, is it? Sometimes you can't be here, and that's okay. But friends, let us remember that every Sunday is an opportunity to be here out of love for others. And that's another great reason to be here. 
And next week, and the week after, and the week after that, let's walk into church determined to love others. Jesus has loved us deeply. So let us love each other. Let's be ready to bless others. For we know that God will bring someone, and usually several people, across our path that we can bless, even if it's just by saying hello to them. Let's love each other at church. And in doing so, live a bit more each day like our Lord Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you that you loved us and sent your son Jesus to die for us. We thank you for your great example of love that saves us. And we pray that as your saved people, we might love each other. That when we wake up on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday morning, we might say to ourselves, how can I find people to love at church today? We pray that we would make being here a priority so that others are blessed. And we pray that that way of thinking would transform how we operate in church. That rather than seeking to be blessed, we would seek to bless others as we are blessed. And we ask this so that we might be the people you want us to be. And be each day a little bit more like Jesus together. Amen.